You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. In the last episode, Stu Hynek shares how one of his contact marketing campaigns that costs less than $100 has generated him seven figures for his business, as well as several other examples of bold and interesting ways to get a meeting with anyone. Hey everyone, this week we're giving away a one-year subscription to pushlink.com, P-U-S-H-L-Y-N-K. It's valued at about 600 bucks. Pushlink allows you to send push notifications to your subscribers on almost any platform. The fact is push notifications get about 10 times the response rate when compared to traditional email. For a chance to win, subscribe to the podcast, then take a quick snapshot or picture showing you're subscribed and text it to 716-218-8981, or you can email it to growthexperts at yahoo.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today, we have an amazing guest. His name is John Lee Dumas, and he's the host of an award-winning podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire, where he has interviewed top entrepreneurs seven days a week for years now. Actually, over 1,900 entrepreneurs have been on his show, and believe it or not, his podcast is listened to over a million times per month. So for those of you that are podcast fans, or considering a podcast, you really need to pay attention today. Welcome to the show, John. Dennis, I am fired up to be here, brother. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. We were just talking about you being in Puerto Rico, me being in Buffalo, and maybe somewhere in the middle, we wouldn't be freezing because it's been like zero around here. (laughs) Well, we all make choices, right? Exactly. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. It means a lot to me. I'm a big fan of your show. And so we're going to dive right in because I know we're a little bit limited for time. So Tell me, I was just checking out your income report. And so for some of you that may not know, John's very transparent. He publishes a monthly and an annual income report that talks all about his business and his podcasts and all of his courses and everything that he does. And is it true that your podcast, your business did $2.8 million in 2017? That is the truth. We've actually been publishing our income reports now for 52 months. So every month we come out with a brand spanking new income report that highlights the wins, and by the way, the losses, because we have plenty of those every single month as well, and we just have a really fun time with it. I bring my CPA on, I bring on my lawyer, every now and then I bring on my bookkeeper. I mean, we just kind of make it a very fun, but at the same time, informative kind of recap of what's going on inside of our business, because we want to help other people out that are looking to you know, maybe bring their monetization to the next level by showing what's working for us, but also what's not working for us. Yeah, that really speaks volumes to me and it re- and it always has ever since I've been watching your show. And for those of you that are thinking, well, it's 2.8 million gross, how much is he making in profit? Well, the net on that is almost 2 million bucks. So trust me, you know, JLD's putting it in the bank and podcasting is one of the ways he's <laughs> done that. So we're going to focus we're going to focus in on that today. So a few questions, you know, to get started here. Unlike most people that are starting podcasts today, you didn't have an existing business before you got started. Number one, do you recommend that strategy and why or why not? 
you know, honestly, I recommend the strategy of starting where you are today and just taking action because, you know, we can all kind of wait for all those stoplights to align and turn green and all this stuff. But to me, it's just wherever you are. And where I found myself, Dennis, back in 2012 was a guy who had just frankly not done that well in the quote unquote traditional world of law school, corporate finance, real estate, fill in the blank. And so I said, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I've never really tried this quote unquote entrepreneurial thing, but why not give it a whirl? So I started from scratch and I was able to make a success out of it. But I've also seen people that have come into it with a lot of experience and use that experience to have success. So, you know, my advice to this is always there's no perfect remedy. There's no secret ingredients here. It's just starting with what you know, taking that next step and just seeing what that uncovers. Yeah. And you know, it's a lot easier now, I think, than it was back when you guys, you and and some of the early business guys and gals like uh, Pat Flynn with Smart Passive Income and Jamie Masters, you know, friends of yours, people that I know, you know, when they started, because you guys have kind of trailblazed and there's a lot of, there's a lot of information out there now on if people are interested in starting a podcast, we'll dive into that a little bit more later, but let's dive into this. What I'm curious of, of course, as you know, I just launched my podcast, Growth Experts. You and many other were many others were inspirations for that. But can you talk to me about some of the top two or three ways that you were able to grow your podcast so quickly? Because you went from literally zero experience, zero subscribers to hundreds of thousands of subscribers and or you know downloads and listens very very quickly. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. And I think it actually would be interesting to even take a step back to one of your earlier comments about how it, it is easier now to start than it was, you know, for instance, when Pat and myself and Amy and Lewis, you know, were kind of like, quote unquote, trailblazing this kind of new medium of podcasting. And the answer, you know, my kind of response to that, I guess I would say is yes and no, because there's always pros and cons, because yes, it was harder back then to kind of start and get going because there wasn't much information out there. And today it is easier because there's great information out there and there's people who have laid down the railroad tracks. But at the same time, like there wasn't much competition back then. And that was a huge thing where now it's a much more busy space, which again, has pros and cons. Everything in life I'm completely a believer in has pros and cons. So there's plenty of cons back when I started, no doubt about it. But one of the pros is the fact that there wasn't a ton of competition. So to answer your specific question about how did I start off with a bang and get the listens and the subscribers and my numbers up pretty quickly is because frankly, I was one of the only games in town. I mean, I was the only person doing a daily interview podcast, you know, taking my listeners through the journey of the world's most successful and inspiring entrepreneurs. You know, there were other people like Pat whose show was every other week. You know, Lewis and Amy were still a couple of years out from even launching their podcast. So it was kind of a no man's land and I didn't really have a ton of competition. So when you came to iTunes and we're searching for content of entrepreneurs sharing their journey, you didn't have many options. And again, Pat was cranking out great episodes, but twice a month. I mean, people wanted more than that. It was obvious. And he stepped it up since then. And now he's once a week and he actually has another podcast that's five days a week, Ask Pat. So he stepped it up because he's seen that opportunity, but there just wasn't that many games in town. So that was a huge opportunity. And I think that's something for people to think about, you know, what is your blue ocean opportunity. Like where's your blue ocean strategy? Because back then for me, a podcast was blue ocean. Now, frankly, it's red ocean. And and that's okay because there's pros to things being red ocean and proven, but there's also cons. So how can you kind of maybe work in a blue ocean strategy with what you're doing and make that happen? In fact, you know, I have a project coming up in 2018 and another podcast 
that is a blue ocean strategy, in my opinion, within this red ocean. So I think that you can kind of innovate within innovation and have fun doing it. So if I the takeaway from that was number one, what you did was rather than doing a, a bi-weekly, you flooded the market with a lot of content doing it daily. And that was a big differentiator for you, right? Big time. And then secondly, you know what what you recommend is obviously is differentiating yourself. Be unique. Don't try to be like everybody else. That's one of the things I'm striving for in this podcast. While it is going to be partially interview-based, it's also going to have some other twists and turns that I'm going to share as we roll the podcast out. But yeah, I'm excited about that. And I and I look forward to hearing uh, you know, your new podcast. Sounds like you're going to be launching a new one. That's awesome. So I'm excited. Yeah, awesome. That's very cool. I'm I'm sure you're not going to unveil it here, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I've actually already unveiled it. Um, so it's it's kind of out there and it's it's public knowledge. We don't have to get into it because I know it's not the focus of this interview. But sure. just to kind of explain like where my mind is is you know for me I love the medium of podcasting and I know the medium of podcasting and I see what's missing in my mind in podcasting and when I see something that's missing that's also congruent to what I enjoy doing then I want to go in on that. And for me, just again, real quick, I've always loved history. I was an American studies major. I love reading biographies. So I decided to launch a podcast that is audio biographies of the men and women who changed the world. So the podcast is called Memoir. I'm actually going to be launching in January of 2018. So it's going to be live very soon here. And if you're listening after that, that's already live. First episode is Alexander the Great. It's an hour and 45 minutes long, Dennis, of Alexander's life. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Wow. I'm a big history buff. So we have that in common. So I'll definitely, definitely, definitely tune in. So the second question I want to dive into now that we talked a little bit about how you grew so rapidly is talk to us a little bit about how you monetize your podcast. Because you know, you did $2.8 million in revenue and I read your income reports. So I know where it comes from, but a lot of people that haven't seen those income reports, can you, can you kind of break it down and talk about some of the ways that people can monetize their podcast in 2018? Well, I think to echo a point that you made earlier when it comes to revenue, that's so important for people to realize is it's honestly not how much you make, it's how much you keep. And so my gross revenue, frankly, I could pick a number and it could be there because I could spend the money on Facebook ads and fill in the blank ads and this and that to get my revenue to 10, 12, 15 million dollars. But I know personally, because I'm a numbers guy and I'm analytical about this stuff, that that's going to not be an overall win for me because I'm going to spend more money to get there and that's going to cut down my percentage of net profit. So I don't want to, you know, I would much rather make 2.8 million gross and take 2 million net home. So, you know, have essentially $800,000 in cost, but $2 million in net, then make $15 million, but have $14.5 million in cost. Because, you know, what's in the bank at the end of the day is what's going to allow me to, number one, continue to live the, the freedom and the lifestyle and the location independence that I am striving for. So, to me, the, the gross number is not nearly, nearly as important as the net numbers. And I think that that's one thing that's really missing in this world, because you can really, as a business crank up your gross. Again, it's all about ad spend and and this spend and that spend. And you can spend on advertising and marketing and get to those numbers you want. But what are you bringing home? And so that's so important. And so on our income reports, we really dive into that. You know, if anybody wants to get into like the nitty gritty of like what we spend our money on, we list all of our expenses out. And of course, you know, we list all the ways that we generate revenue as well. And I think that's really important. Uh, The biggest ways, sponsorships, 
make up a big part. So, you know, with a daily show, I have a lot of sponsorship opportunities, 60 to be exact every month because I have two sponsors per episode. So that's a lot of inventory. Um, that makes up a lot of revenue, typically 50 to 60K a month. Our community podcasters paradise where we teach people how to create, grow and monetize their podcast makes up a big part of what we do. I've created two award-winning journals now, the Freedom Journal and the Mastery Journal. They make up a big part of our revenue because I was able to ask Dennis, my audience, hey, what are you guys struggling with, Fire Nation? They told me they were struggling with accomplishing goals. So I created a product to solve that problem, the Freedom Journal. And now I asked them, I followed up by asking, what else are you struggling with now? Well, John, we're not productive, disciplined, or focused enough. Like These are just things that were coming back when I was consistently asking for struggles and obstacles and challenges. So the Mastery Journal came out. And now you know those two combined are doing anywhere from twenty dollars to $30,000 a month in sales on Amazon and our Shopify store. Now, I mean, just this last month in December's income report we just published, they did $50,000. Of course, that's a huge part because of the holidays and not normal, but it just shows you the possibilities when you solve the problems your audience has, but you first have to ask them what it is. And then we make a lot of money too on affiliate revenue. Like I bring on people like Amy Porterfield and promote her course and David Seidman Garland and promote his course. You know, in fact, I'm doing a completely free webinar January 25th for DSG on his Create Awesome Online Courses course. It's going to be a free webinar. We're going to get people there. It's going to be fun. And then people are going to join his course on how to create a course. And I get revenue from that. I get my affiliate commission from that. So that's a big part of what we do too. And plus, I recommend products and services like ClickFunnels. And so that all adds up. So I think people need to say, you know, what is congruent with what makes sense for my audience and also makes sense for my business moving forward? And how can I add more value in those areas to generate revenue. And we've just continued to do that as we built out EO Fire. What I love about that model, John, is that it's diversified. It's not all sponsor driven. It's not in one bucket, right? You got four buckets there. We talked about sponsorship revenue, affiliate revenue, you know, your your uh, mastery journal and your freedom journal. And then you've got your courses like podcast or paradise, right? So so, you know, I did a little bit of research and just so, you know, you guys understand the audience here, how big this is, 31% of John's revenue comes from sponsors. And I got this from the income report. So you guys can feel free to check that out. That's over $870,000 in sponsorship, 27% from affiliate marketing. That's about 750,000, 24% from the mastery and freedom journal. And I forgot to write the number down for that. But in about 18% from your Podcasters Paradise courses, which is about a half a million bucks, that adds up to, you know, your 2.8 million. So it really is amazing. And I love the diversification piece of it. So we're going to wrap up here. Here's the last question. And so let me just dive in. And then I want to have a quick bit of fun with you that I've been thinking about for a while. Knowing what you know now, (laughs) what would you do differently in launching your podcast or with your podcast, growing your podcast, what would you do differently in hindsight? Honestly, I probably would have only done five interviews per week. And then I would have had two days where it was just me having some fun, like answering a question, keeping it short and sweet. And it actually kind of sounds a little bit like something you're planning on doing, Dennis, which I definitely fully endorse. Because I think that the interviews are great. And, you know, I've definitely built my business off of that. And I'm glad and I would always have wanted even in hindsight to keep that the majority of what I do. But I think one or two days a week of just having a solo cast episode would have been great. I'm so happy to hear that because that's exactly what I'm looking <laughs> to do. So perfect. Yeah. Well, listen, man. if you'll, you'll bear with me for one minute here. 
I was on your show. You were nice enough to have me on there. And we did. And on every one of your shows, for those of you that have tuned into John's podcast, if you haven't, be sure to check it out, Entrepreneur on Fire. He does what's called the lightning round. And what I've been thinking about it's gonna since- going to have to be a 30-second lightning 30 round, 30-second lightning round. Okay. Brother. So what's been, <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? It was fear. I mean, I literally thought that people were not going to get any value from my voice, from my podcast. Fear. What was the best, what's the best piece of advice you ever received? You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. What's one personal habit that contributed to your success? Daily exercise. Share one internet resource like Evernote or Fire Nation that, uh, that you use. Schedule once. You need a calendar. You need a calendar. You need a calendar. Perfect. And if you could recommend just one book to our listeners, what would it be and why? The One Thing by Gary Keller, because we just need to focus on one thing until we crush it. Amazing. Listen, John, I want to thank you so much. I know you got to run. You know, it's, I'm a big fan. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Leave the audience here with one piece of guidance and where they can connect with you or where they can see your podcast or your courses, and then we'll sign off. Listen, create a situation where you have a morning routine that's meaningful. It can be 10 minutes. It can be an hour, but get into that flow and crush it. And all the magic for us happens at eofire.com. We have five free courses waiting for you there. So get on over there and prepare to ignite. Awesome. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dennis. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.